look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More Than Money with the Popowich Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy, on News Talk 770. Welcome back. You're here on News Talk 770 and More Than Money. You're here with Dave and Faisal. We're going to talk tax, Faisal, academically. This is one of your greatest interests and one of your biggest (laughs) pet peeves. Overpaying. Uh, Not uh, paying taxes. Overpaying in taxes of my pay. Fair, fair, fair. I think we should pay our taxes. Yes, you do. Okay. Uh, But over, yeah, overpaying. There was some proposed tax changes. We got a little bit of clarity on it this week. We're going to talk a little bit about that uh, with Nizam Shajani, a senior partner with uh, Shajani LLP here, a recurring guest. Uh, on the show. So let's uh, let's bring Nizam on right away. We've got a lot of ground to cover in a 10-minute period. Nizam, welcome to the show. Thank you. All right, Faisal, run yes. with it, buddy. Yeah, so let's let's kick it off. First of all, we've, we've seen some changes or some proposals made by the government uh, in regards to s- private corporations. Um, a few months ago, we made that announcement. Um, let's recap what the announcement was and what has been the updates since, uh, since, you've, uh, since, since they've, they made that announcement. Yeah, so that was back in uh, July 18th. Uh, the finance minister Bill Morneau uh, uh, made an announcement uh, on some uh, proposed plans of changing uh, three areas of the tax uh, tax act. Basically, what he was looking at is uh, uh, stopping income splitting, or he was call- calling it income sprink- sprinkling. He was looking at uh, changing the way passive investments are taxed in your small business corporation, and he was also looking at interge- intergenerational transfers of. Uh, uh, businesses from one generation to the next when you're passing the business down to your children and uh, the way that's taxed as well. So there were a lot of changes on, on those lines and uh, then there's been a lot of uh, uh, complaints by uh, business groups, industry representatives, and uh, it's put uh, it's really put the, uh, the government in a difficult position uh, in that uh, I think there were, uh, and, and I know the, the minister has also admitted there have been a lot of unintended consequences uh, to their proposals. Okay, so let's let's talk a little bit about what that means. So there was uh, there was some changes. So they announced some things. or went to public public consultation. They gave us some clarity on sort of what their proposal is moving forward. Maybe you can summarize that for us. Yeah. So the the proposal basically was looking at uh, uh, the first one was income splitting, uh, and where that's uh, basically where you have uh, two individuals, usually a, a husband and wife, who own shares in a corporation. Uh, and they uh, split uh, split income. Say the, they make a total of ninety thousand uh, dollars. They pay their corporate tax, and then they they have ninety thousand dollars left over. Uh, they would dividend that out uh, half to one uh, spouse and half to the other. So each taking in about forty five thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So at that, they're basically paying at the upper end of twenty five percent tax on that. Uh, however. Uh, if uh, they were to do what uh, what the plan proposals are, and it looks like they're keeping this in, intact, is uh, now all of that uh, money is going to have to be earned by one of those owners unless you can prove both owners are actively uh, uh, operating the business. So there's going to be a reasonably test behind the uh, dividend. Mm-hmm. If that reasonably test is not met, uh, what they what they will do is if uh, basically attribute all of that income back to one owner. Uh, which would be uh, which would result in uh, that one person paying about six percent, six five and a half percent more tax. Okay. So what that amounts to, basically in dollar terms, is if one individual takes ninety thousand dollars, they're going to pay about twenty five hundred dollars more tax compared to two individuals taking uh, forty five thousand each. Okay, 
So this, you you expect that this change will uh, will remain. This change is going to remain. Uh, that change also talked about uh, the lifetime capital gains mm-hmm. exemption and mm-hmm. putting the same reasonability test to lifetime capital gains exemptions. You utilize that when you sell your sell the shares of your business. So you basically get eight hundred thirty-five thousand dollars of money out uh, tax-free, or uh, utilizing a lifetime capital gains exemption. Uh, what they're looking at, what they were originally looking at, was uh, taking that away, applying the same reasonability test uh, for uh, uh, passive owners of a business uh, that are related to the, uh, you know, the main business owner, and uh, now they're backtracking on that, which is a good thing for business owners, uh, and looking at uh, abandoning that proposal. Okay, Tell that us really that. helps farmers as well, right? That's one of the key. Uh, people that were against this was that the farmers were not going to see the benefits of this as well. Is that yeah, the farmers were, uh, you know, they, they were complaining quite a bit and, and uh, understandably so. Uh, they, they also had some other intergenerational transfers that they were looking at as well. Uh, what that would entail is basically they were looking at using that as dividends rather than capital gains if they were to transfer it to a related person. Mm-hmm. So if you're transferring your farm or your business down to your, uh, your child, uh, you would uh, have a deemed dividend rather than a capital gain. And in that case, you would not be able to use your lifetime capital gains exemption, um, and anything in excess of that eight hundred thirty-five thousand dollars amount would be uh, would be taxed at a higher rate. So, Nizam, we have under three minutes before we have to go for the show. Um, passive income, probably one of the biggest mm-hmm. topics, at least in my practice. But Dave, we have a lot of uh, corporate clients; uh, they own corporations that are investing in them. What's changed uh, regards to the passive income or people who are investing uh, in, let's say, regular investments or real estate in their own company? So what happens is basically, let's say your business own, uh, invests in, in some stock of some large corporation, and that large corporation gives it a dividend or interest income back. What would happen is that uh, that corporation has already paid tax on it. The large corporation has already paid tax, and whatever is remaining, they dividend that out to the business, uh, the small business, and the small business then pays tax on it. However, that tax is refunded back as soon as that small business takes the money and pays it out to, sh- to shareholders. What, uh, what they're looking at changing the passive income rules is they're going to take that refund portion away. So you're basically getting double taxed. Uh, and uh, uh, both at large corporation, again, your small business gets taxed, and then you get taxed again as you take it out as an individual. In terms of percentages, you're looking at about a 69.1% tax on uh, investments within a business versus uh, 48% if you own that same investment personally. Uh, the government saw uh, got some complaints on that, so they're now capping the passive income to fifty thousand dollars. That's their proposal now uh, to cap it at fifty thousand. So you can still earn fifty thousand dollars of passive income in your business and be taxed under their old rules. Anything in excess of fifty thousand dollars, you're going to be taxed at a much higher rate. Is anybody grandfathered in this? Okay. People so, who've already uh, been investing and so forth in their companies. Are they are they grandfathered and they can continue doing it, or is this fifty thousand dollar rule most likely going to be for everybody? Well, there there is a little bit of confusion out there. It sounds like the finance minister has uh, has said in his uh, in his statements that not to worry if you have existing investments that should not uh, affect exi- existing infor- investments that you already have. So our hope is there go- there is going to be a grandfathering clause once uh, Finance Canada uh, puts the rules in place. Uh, so uh, potentially yes. And when do you anticipate these rules to come out so the public understands what the real situation is? 
So we should be able to get the rules out shortly. Finance Canada has already released some uh, some uh, information, but it hasn't been uh, in enough detail. Also, we expect a, uh, a budget to come out shortly as well, or an interim budget to come out shortly. And a lot of people are going to be interested in what is in that budget because all these new rule changes are changing as well. One key uh, point to also make is uh, the government did uh, uh, announce a tax rate change to the small, to the small business corporate, corporate rate. So that's uh, at 10.5% at the federal level, 12.5% in Alberta. That's going to move down to uh, 10% at the federal level, which makes it 12% in Alberta. And uh, 9%, that's in 2018, and it'll move down to 9% by 2019, which will be a total tax of 11% in Alberta. So that's a good move. That's uh, something that was originally in a budget uh, back in 2014 uh, by the uh, Conservative government. It came out on the the budget in 2015. Uh, The Liberals did campaign that they were going to keep it, but it was uh, abandoned in their 2015 budget. But it looks like it's back in now. So... The tax rate is going to go down a little bit, but there's uh, a lot of things that are changing in terms of passive investments as well as income splitting. Nizam, I want to thank you for your uh, for your time and the clarity. We'll bring you back on when we get some uh, some actual further clarity around what this actually means to uh, to Canadians. I look forward to being back. All right, we've been do- uh, joined by Nizam Shajani. He's a senior partner with Shajani LLP, um, chartered accountants here, uh, Faisal. You know, tax is a darn important piece of the overall retirement puzzle. Nobody nobody lives on pre-tax income. We live on after-tax income. And so we need to keep abreast of these things, and you need to plan and position yourself properly. Absolutely. How do you position your tax situation? When do you take money out of your retirement savings plans? At what rate? How, how do you split the income or, or reduce your tax bills? How does all those... I call them engineering of your financial mm-hmm. situation in retirement. How does that all work out? How do you actually plan for that? That's what we're going to talk about on Tuesday, October 24th, 7 p.m. at the Oak Ridge Co-op Wine and Spirits. Now, you need to reserve your seats for this, so please give us a call, 966-8400, 966-8400, or you can go on our website to register at morethanmoneyradio.com. All right, and don't forget, if uh, if you want to access any of the past segments from today or previous shows, you can do that at morethanmoneyradio.com, or you can have them delivered directly to you by searching for More Than Money CHQR on iTunes or in your favorite podcast. All right, I want to thank you for tuning in to another edition of More Than Money on Newstalk 770. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada.